Nice to meet you. Good to meet you, man. All right, let's do this. Okay, let's this do is, it. This is going to be good. So, all right, so Jamie calls me on the phone, I think yesterday morning, Jamie Galloway, right. and he says, I got somebody that I want you to meet. Bro, you totally yeah. got to meet this guy. Yeah. It's super early. Like, like he said, he sent me a text. He says, um, call me when you wake up, right? Okay. And say, What's up, bro? <laughs> and, bro. Uh, and so he's got, there's, a, there's a guy you got to meet. Um, he's a pastor of a church in Dallas. Okay. And he says, uh, he's doing really cool stuff. He says, he's doing stuff with, um, uh, uh, like with sex trafficking right and, and rescuing that kind of thing. Yep. He says he's a, uh, he goes, I, he goes, I would consider him a prophet. Okay. Um, he says, um, uh, what else? He says, um, the church is blowing up. It, it's explosive. He goes, this is the kind of guy that I want to be intentional, to be connecting with. And I think yep. you should connect with him Amazing. too. And so literally within minutes, you and I are connecting and then like, less than 24 hours now you're here in my office to that's spend a couple of minutes you know that's called a logistical miracle <laughs> that's right, Seriously, that's man, right. I, it's, it's one of my prophetic phrases i pray for all the time is god i'm praying for logistical miracles i want to be at the right place at the right time for the right kind of miracle to happen yeah yeah right yeah well, it's then, great to meet you man Seriously. yeah you too you too and so we just thought like we're gonna meet each other we're gonna get ch chat but we might as well we might as well record it yeah capture it capture this moment come in and so thanks so much for making the track out here to newcastle and just creating in the space this time awesome man yeah we uh i woke up in portland this morning and we drove up here and uh, met with a bunch of friends had some amazing korean barbecue oh oh i love oh, i love King i love jesus <laughs> thank you god for korean barbecue man and we just did that and then they they left and went over to another church and i came over here to see you so thanks so much for the invite yeah okay so let, let's just dive in so your church is is exploding right now god's doing all kinds of incre incredible stuff yes. um but you planted this church Yes, and it, and that and it took some time to kind of hit this <laughs> to cross that threshold of, of momentum. Or can you kind of just tell us a little bit of, of that story? Um, a lot of it has to do with intentionality because we didn't intentionally start the church; we just kind of fell off into it. And so when we first started, uh, it started literally as a food project because we came across some people that needed to be feeding, and, uh, and there was uh, a whole bunch of isolated elderly persons, and one person turned into two, and two turned into three, and for and after a while we were feeding thousands of people and we're like these people were getting saved and they were rough you know they weren't churched and they loved me and i loved them right, and i was right, a right. i was a professional musician you know i'm madly in love with jesus but but was a musician and and was doing gigs all over the world and was like okay well i just i gather up all these people and bring them to church and i gather them all up and took them to a church and they were not well received and uh the people tell me look you know it's really nice that you re reach out to them but like this is our sanctuary you know you can't be bringing man all these people with all these problems and dude 
I didn't handle it well. Uh, I had, I was a lot younger. I had a whole lot more testosterone back then. <laughs> I lost my mind and said, okay, well, I'm doing my own thing. I want to tell you, the end of criticism of other churches is when you, is when you start your own church. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's that like, is so funny. Okay. So what we did was we started it with seven people. We got together and we thought, well, we'll just do this for a couple of months. And then, you know, I, I was already a worship leader. My wife loves kids. She'll do that. And I went, then some smart people will show up and we'll turn a church over to them. <laughs> smart people do not sign up for church leadership. I know that now. I didn't know that. That's, then, That's right? a t-shirt. Yep. So I was like, well, so we're here 24 years later. We were a church of less than 100 people for more than 10 years and less than 200 people for more than 16 years. And we just put all of our heart and effort really into reaching out and reaching the lost. And when I say reaching them, I'm talking about feeding them, helping them, clothing them, uh, literally getting them out of sexual trafficking, building orphanages. We just mortgaged our house seven times over and over and over again. And finally, uh, the, the transition happened around 2010, 2011. Instead of trying to reach outreach recipients, I started trying to reach people that wanted to reach outreach recipients, and it changed everything. Interesting. So, like, your the the strategy became to became to really begin to harvest harvesters. That's correct. Wow. Yes, wow. that's exactly right. So, wow. literally went into the tractor building business as opposed to the grain business and you know, the grain business and and with the intention of we are going to harvest we're going to do that and we are we always said hey if this thing ever blows up this is what we'll do now we were already doing it at a small scale but what we're doing i can honestly dude i can't even i can't even keep up with it it's so, so that amazing. was the major shift it was like a major paradigm shift of mm -hmm. we're not just going to harvest harvest we're actually going to deliberately try to focus in on reaching a segment of people that have a heart for the lost and really want to co-labor um to to bring in a harvest yes. and so you switched up all your kind of your uh i mean so t did you begin doing some sort of intentional outreach to harvesters oh, of harvesters. Yeah. You know what, brother, I'm sure I'm sure you realize this in, in you know your own ministry here. Really the cap of the church has always been me. It's always been me. Yeah, if there's going to be a major shift, if I want there to be a major shift in the church, there typically has to be a major shift in me. That's really good. And if I want there to be a change, there has to be a change in me. And so part of it, honestly, was a lot of false humility. I thought the only people that I could lead was you know people who just didn't have anything and people who were hurting so bad and I can lead those people but I can but what what I can actually do is lead leaders and I didn't believe that for a long long time I just didn't it took a long time for my identity in Christ to really emerge in passionate relationship with him in such a way where I'm like no dude look I'm a bad motor scooter that's what Jesus <laughs> says yeah and just this whole thing of you know I just belong in a certain segment no what's real is I belong among kings I belong among paupers I belong among wherever I can be however I can be there and representing Jesus and I, it took me a long time to get there, seriously, man. It really did. And I, I regret that it took me so long because once I was there, boom, it all took off. Yeah, it's incredible. And so uh, now give us a glimpse of what your church environment looks like because it looks, uh, on one hand, I'm sure radically the same as far as the original vision. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it looks radically different in the sense that you're now technically, you're in the mega category now, right? And uh, so give us a glimpse of what your of what your church looks like now 
Well, um, just as a body and as a congregation, there's somewhere between five and seven thousand of us now, and um, we have we we actually feed over 120,000 people a year now. Wow, and, and dude, we live in a county that only has 170,000 people. And we're doing outreaches, and we have impact on 120,000 of the 170,000 wow. people. Yeah, it's a lot of food. <laughs> it's a lot of food. That's you know more than more than six million pounds of food a year. Absolutely free, no strings attached. We're not doing it to get people to come to church. We're doing it because we are the church. Right yeah, on. Um, we have 12 orphanages throughout the world. Um, we have more than 2,000 uh, children in our 12 orphanages. Um, we have um, about almost a dozen safe houses throughout the world and where we're saving girls out of sexual trafficking. Um, and we, we have, just in two years, we have saved 1,744 girls as of today. That's the number that I got today. That's amazing. And we're talking about absolute slaves. Can you say number slaves, again? 1,744, and that's in two years. That's incredible. Right on. We have 13 leprosy villages in India, and we have over 600 people in our leprosy villages. I have a television show on nine networks. I'm on the radio on 73 stations every single day, most of them on four times a day. So now, man, we're we're doing it. We're doing the kingdom stuff. We're out there, man. Yeah, that, that, that's incredible. So you're doing you're doing uh, media. You're doing pastoring. You're doing justice. Yeah. Um, and and this and I would say that this is all the fruit of revival. I mean, it sounds like you guys are really uh, a revival center in the true and right in, in the true heart of the word. As far as like a certain level of first century Christianity being restored, and that you have you have community and missions uh, and justice do. and and you're and you're renewing the culture and so i would say i mean you guys are in full-on revival you know what we we have we are very passionate driven people i mean we are you know what pastor one of the things i'm most worried about at all is becoming the kind of pastor that sits in his office and gripes and you know and do you know what the cure that's that what is? i do yeah i bet i can I tell that here, about look at, you look like, at superman this is and ridiculous <laughs> These people. (laughs) These people. So, no, actually, you know, look, I know that pastoring is not easy. Trust me, I know. And so in the midst of all the battles I'm fighting, I'm like, I love love this. Of course, I know you're kidding. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, everybody watch it. He's kidding. (laughs) Okay. For the record. Somebody somebody (laughs) take some cut of that now. See? (laughs) You see how they actually are? So I'm, I'm saying that to say, Man, there's a whole bunch of things of how do you stay on fire? It's, it's one thing to get on fire for Jesus. It's another thing to stay on fire for Jesus. That's right. And one of the things I'm constantly teaching on and constantly teaching my staff on is how do you how do you maintain your passion? Number one, nobody else is responsible for my passion but me. Mm. Nobody. That's good. And I cannot look around and go, well, dude, it's your job to fire me up. No, it's nobody else's job. That is that is me, and that's it. And in order to maintain a passionate a passionate passion life with King Jesus, to me, one of the things that one of the ways that you find it over and over and over again is finding the goodness of God in incredible places that you wouldn't expect the goodness of God and continually live in a life that is intentionally broken. I cannot be intentionally broken by protecting myself. Mm. So I put myself on the front lines as much as I can yeah. and get out there. I know there's going to be a story. I know every time I get involved in anything, I'm like, there's going to be a heart of Jesus story in this. Here we go. Let's do that. That's awesome. So that's awesome. Was there, what, what would you say was like the, so there was a major paradigm shift that came uh, but then also, there, was there a moment that was like a, a, a tipping point moment for, for your community? 
Yes, uh, there's there's three things happen in secession. One is a guy by the name of David Crone, who pastors the Mission Church in yeah. Vacaville, yeah. California, yeah. right? Uh, Dan McCollum is a part of his team, yeah. and Dave is a friend of mine, and I love Dave. And Dave came out, and I was like, "Well, Dave is like a rock star to me." He's like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> you know, right. we were this little bitty tiny church, and he came out. And he comes out and he went to our outreaches. He saw how we fed people. He saw how we loved people. Then he saw how poor we were. He saw how terrible the condition the church was. There really wasn't much in way of excellence. We had to, we did have a culture of honor. We were doing things great, but we were also not doing things great. Sure. So we're sitting out by a fire at night. And I mean, this is in my backyard. I got a fire. And I'm like, Dave Crone, dude. The Dave Crone is in my backyard. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, so Dave. What do you think, dude? Just come on, tell me. Is it is, is this at the infamous ranch? No, Did this you have is the way ranch before yet? I had okay. the ranch. All right, all right, this all right. is when I had a twelve hundred square foot house that many times did not have electricity. Yes, okay. I'm not. I'm not making that up, dude. So, my I had to raise four kids, and a big, huge part of that was without electricity because our church was so stinking poor. And what my wife did was she put bonnets on the girls and she put cowboy hats on the boys, and we called it Odin Days. And we had candles inside, and we cooked out on the barbecue. Awesome. And the kids thought it was wow. the greatest thing ever. Wow. And I mean, it, it's awesome now. Oh, yeah. No, it's awesome that it's back then. Right. That's what's awesome. Man, my kids would say, Dad, Dad, are we going to play Odin Days? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Felt like such a loser. So pathetic. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, he comes over and he's sitting in the backyard in my little bitty tiny house. And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, Troy, you have a culture of honor, yada, yada, yada. And he goes, Troy, he goes, Troy, I've never seen an outreach like what you guys do. It's, it's really special. And I said, what do you see that you don't like? And he oh, goes, oh, I, I don't know that we have that kind of relationship. And wow. I said, oh, no, fall back far away, man. Let's go. What wow. do you got? Wow. And then he said, all of a sudden, it's like the atmosphere changed, the wind changed. And very unlike him, because he is very gracious, very, he kind of just tore into me. And I was just sitting there like, this is not happening. And he goes, dude, no one else is coming. When are you going to be the leader that God's called you to be? He goes, Troy, you, you reek of false humility. Who got a hold of you? Who ruins you? What happened to you? And I'm like, well, like, take it back. I'm like, take it back. I don't want to hear any of this. And he really just, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he really just just tore into me and said, you need to get it together. If you don't lead this, there's nobody else coming. And then he said something absolutely incredible. He said, Troy, how many churches have you built all over the world? And I said, oh, I don't know. He said, he said, that's a lie. You're a numbers guy. You got a book on numbers. You count everything. How many? And I was like, 51. He's like, you've built 51 churches. Why will you not build your own church? Wow. Wow. And I told him, wow. Dave, I grew up here. I grew up here. Everybody knows me. I, 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 I've done terrible things here. I can't have a big church here. And he said, he said, well, that's not what God says. And he got up and left and left me sitting out there. And I just sit out there for hours in the dark thinking about it. So that was the beginning of the catalyst where, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start going for this. I'm going to see what I can do and how I can do it. Uh, that was the first catalyst. Do you want to hear the second? Yeah, do you, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that was powerful. Much? That was amazing. Oh, it was, it was amazing. And I've shared this at his school several times. And again, that's not his character. He's a loving, but I'm mm -hmm. telling you, the Holy Spirit just arrested him. And it was like God has been like, I've been waiting for this for a long yeah, time. Those and kind it, of beatings are so oh, good, aren't they? Oh, man, it was good. It was life changing. So good, yeah. yeah, come on. John Cougar, man. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, hey, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what the? And it did hurt, but 
I, I have never stopped living from it and go, no, this is who I am. And I have a green light and I have permission from wow. the Lord to do that. Wow. So we, in 2010, we got a new property. We moved from this little bitty tiny place into a 40,000 uh, square foot building, uh, got loans, uh, restructured everything that we did, uh, did a soft launch, hired a whole bunch of consultants. I mean, brought them in and said, how do we do this? We worked on it for eight months before we pulled the trigger on it. And then boom, we instantly went from 200 people to 800 people and then 800 people into a thousand people in from November to January. Mm. Wow. Okay. Wow. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, we actually can do this. And what I mean, I'm talking about transformations, healings, families being restored, God doing amazing things like what we'd never seen before, a dream come true. We, I, I got together and I had this bright idea. I was like, you know, I don't really like money. I'm not money motivated. I don't like messing with money. I'm going to take a bunch of friends and family and people that own businesses. I'm going to pick about 20 of them and I'm going to form a board and I'm turning all the finances over to them. And that'll be like the greatest thing in the whole world. I'll be done. Like, yeah, I did the bill paying thing. I don't have to do that anymore. And I'll be free to do all the and do our things throughout the world. Uh, I turned that over to them in late November of 2010. In January of 2011, they had their first meeting with me. And at their first meeting, they said, we're shutting down the food bank because you're crazy. We're feeding all these people that's never, ever, ever going to go to our church. We are not sending any more checks to all the orphanages anymore. You're not, you're not going out of the country anymore. We've gone over the finances and you spend nearly every dime we have on outreaches and reaching people who will never go out of our church and, and never, never come to our church. It's not a good business model and we're shutting you down. I never imagined that that would enter into anybody's mind. I never. Uh, I would like to tell you, well, we all prayed together and it worked out. It didn't work out. We went to war. And and actually, in on uh, June the fourteenth. Now these guys were they were did they have the kind of governing authority to make that call? Or they they, did. Was it like your official kind of governing board? They did. And, wow. and again, I didn't know anything about it. Sure, sure. I honestly had got the bylaws from another church when I started this wow. church, and had never referred to the bylaws one time. Right. And as a little bitty tiny church, you can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Sure. Sure. And we again, I didn't have my act together in a lot of ways that I needed to have my act together and it cost me in a tremendous way. Wow. And plus I didn't want the responsibility of being involved in finances. I was like, again, sure. false humility. I just, sure. I'm just like, man, I'm not, I'm not a money guy. I've always been poor. Okay. But you are a numbers guy. I am a numbers yeah. guy, brother. Yeah. I promise you. So anyway, bottom line is on June the 14th, we had this huge knockdown drag out gateway church came down for me and came down to, to, to say, Hey, we're going to get in the middle of all this after it was all said and done literally turned to me in front of them and said, if I was you, I would resign. These people are demon possessed. Said that right in front of them. Said, these people are crazy people. So to say it didn't go well. And they're all like, it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, <laughs> 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 they're everywhere. up like the alien. And <laughs> yeah. so, no, it was just really bad and really hurtful. The bottom line is they all decided to leave. They all left. And they called everybody in the church and said, "We're moving to another church. You need to come go with us. We don't like the high, we don't like how the finances are run." And we, I came to church the next Sunday. There was less than a hundred people, wow. and there were a hundred mad people who didn't understand what was going on. Wow. And I just went, "Wow!" I told the Lord, "If we survive this, which I really didn't think that we would, if we survive this, I promise I will get my act together and I will keep my act together." Two years later, brother, on the same exact date, on June the fourteenth, which is Flag Day, Jehovah mm -hmm. Nisi. Mm -hmm. 
The Lord is our banner. Wow. Okay. Wow. Where the momentum shifts and changes. Yeah. I got a phone call from um, a woman pastor in Burleson, Texas, saying, Troy, can you come talk to me? I said, sure. I go there. She's got this giant campus, this beautiful building, uh, auditorium that seats away over a thousand people, all these houses up and down the street. I've never done ministry with her one single time ever. And she says, will you hold your hands out? She drops the keys of this campus into my hand. She said, God told me to find you and to give you everything I have. Two years to the day that those people threw a fit and said, we're never going to have a nice building. You give everything away. (laughs) Two years to the day. That's amazing. To the day. That's amazing. I had about a five or six million dollar campus given to me. That's incredible. Come on, God. Come on, Jesus. Up here, that would probably be 10 or 15 million dollars, you know, because real estate's a whole lot cheaper down there. Yeah. So... Then after that we blew up, and again that the the transitions of those things have literally been the Lord dealing with me over and over and over again. Of can you please believe me? And can you? I heard TD Jake say this, brother. It is one thing for God to reveal to you His plan; it's another thing for you to conform your life to the image of God's plan, dude. <laughs> that could, is it so what if you hear it if you're not going to do it that's true come on and that's been my story that's incredible and the other thing that i'm thinking of is just how you guys sewed like like how you guys sewed so like generously and um and perhaps i mean it, it obviously looked foolish oh, to yes. these trained educated yes. people that yes. know finance but they didn't necessarily understand perhaps how finance operates within the kingdom and and so it's it's so encouraging to me to see how how the lord honored like all these years of of um of investments and how he just come on it, it, i mean that, that that's amazing i mean so many times we forget mm. how god identifies himself with the poor and he, and he with takes the it voiceless, extremely personal the yeah he takes it extremely personal, man. We, I, I, I cannot tell you how many times that while I have been feeding somebody or praying for them or just loving on them, that the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon them and they have spoken to me prophetically and don't even know that they're speaking prophetic. I cannot tell you how many times that the Lord would speak to me where a woman would turn to me and say, I just, I just need to tell you this. I... I see you. I've never seen you before, but I feel like I just need to tell you, I see you. I see what you're doing, and I just want to cry. It makes me so happy. I don't know why I'm telling you that. Just prophetically, you know, the spirit of prophecy just began to operate on somebody, and they never operated in any kind of prophetic spirit before, and they begin to just convey the heart of the Father to me within those settings. That's amazing. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> that's, stupid that's, cool. That, yeah, that's, that, that's <laughs> awesome. And uh, man, so many questions um, and so many things I love to chat about. But I just so appreciate being able to uh, uh, like this is the origin of, of of relationship and the kingdom of God is right is built off of relationship, right? Yes, kingdom, uh, and so everything I, I think, in the kingdom is relational before it's functional. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, if we build around events, then our relationship's only oh, going to be contingent yeah. to that event. Mm-hmm. But if we can build something, you know, if we can build a relationship, then all the opportunities that can come out of that are just are just amazing. I did want to ask you, because before we started off, you, you were noticing the uh, uh, my mural here. I, I say sometimes, you know, pa- some pastors love lions, some pastors love eagles, <laughs> and I like Superman. And actually, to be honest, 
I I probably like Batman more than Superman. Oh, but okay. if I had Batman in here, it'd bum out a lot of people. Like when I'm yeah, when they're I'm, like that's dark. Yeah, like well, you got that that's on your scary. wall. You know, that's scary. But you were <laughs> yeah, like what's that? The Dark Knight. Like how's that inspirational? You're like it's cool. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's cool. Hello. Yeah, things that make me say yeah. yeah you know, no, I'm in. I promise. But you were checking it out, and you were like, and you were like, hey, you know, and you started asking a question about the guy that wrote the most recent like series of the Man of Steel series and everything, yeah. and then you started telling me about this this story about how you got uh, uh, so i thought this would be a fun way to kind of end our conversation okay. uh, is is the random phone call that you got out of the blue from sir Rich, richard branson <laughs> okay this is like the craziest like this is like imagine, i have a lot of these kinds of crazy do you stories? really i mean i, I, I just think of like for people listening imagine getting a phone call and you pick up the phone and it's sir richard branson yeah, I mean, could, yeah, I mean, if you could tell, I mean, I, I, I just thought it was such a such a wild story. That, okay, so so here's what happens. I I was invited to to Austin, Texas, to be the pastor of the state of Texas for the day. Okay, that's, okay. that's a big okay. deal to me. I'm a sixth generation Texan. Uh, I have ancestors that fought at the Battle of San Jacinto. All that, where we love Texas, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, so you yeah. just got to put up with us. I know that gets on everybody else's nerves. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so sorry, but with that said, man, I was I got to go down there and pray over all the government, and then they rang the gavel, and everybody said Amen, and it was cool. I'm driving back, minding my own business. Phone rings, and this this guy with this heavy, cool British accent. And it's not just British, it's very 60s British, you know? It's kind of like, you know, what is that, the spy who shagged me or whatever? What right. is that guy's name? Austin Power. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's like, I'm like, okay. So it's kind I don't of, watch secular movies. It, so I know. No. I've, all I have ever seen is the a Hallmark channel. The spy who what? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I only subscribe to the Hallmark okay. Channel for the record. That's right. Okay, that's for right. the record, for everybody that's watching. Listen. Anyway, man, I uh, it was very Austin Powers voice, and he just said, he just said, "Hey, Troy, this is Richard. This is Richard Bransom." And I said, "Okay, Richard, how you doing, man?" Like he goes, he goes, you, "Do do you know me?" And I said, "No, sir, I don't." And I'm thinking, I know this Bransom in Burleson. I know this Bransom in Joshua. I know that Bransom in Fort Worth. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know if we've met. And he said, no, I don't, I don't think we've actually met. He goes, but do you know me? And I'm like, well, no, sir, I don't. And he said, he said uh, from Virgin Airways. Now, he's, he has hundreds of, of, quote, unquote, Virgin products and Virgin logo sure, stuff. Sure. But he's most proud of Virgin Airways. He loves Virgin Airways. And he's fighting hard for Virgin Airways, especially at that time. And I'm like, Virgin Records? The guy who signed the Rolling Stones, that guy? Are you telling me that? Because, you know, I'm a yeah. musician. I know that like, stuff. Who cares like, about airplanes? Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> right. He's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. He goes, yes, sir. I'm like, no, it's not. He goes, yes, it is. I'm like, no, it's not. He goes, yes, it is. I'm like, it is not. We have this thing. <laughs> so finally, I said, all right, Sir Richard Branson, what can I do for you? And he said, well, I would love for you to come down, and I would love you to speak. We're having a summit here. Um, um, there, I have, there are some friends of yours that are here. Um, there, we've all been looking at what you do and we, we see that you are a nonprofit that does amazing things with nothing. This is back when we were nothing, when we did both this, this is actually, I think 2013, I think it was actually wow. 2013 wow. before we moved into the big one. And so I said, well, when do you, when do you want me to come? And he said, well, if you could, if his exact words were, if you could begin to move towards the airport now. I'm like, shut up. I'm not going to the airport. I don't, I don't have any clothes. He said, just bring your passport. And I was like, seriously, I can come with no money and no clothes. He goes, yeah, yeah, just come. And I said, okay. I told Leanna, I'm going to the Virgin Islands. 
to go meet Sir Richard Branson and talk to whoever these people are, which I didn't have a clue who was going to be there. Yeah. So he said, he said, my assistant's going to be calling you. She did. Her name was Lucy. She called me. She's like, yeah, just go there. They put me on a plane, uh, sent me to San Jose, uh, Puerto Rico. I spent the night at San Jose. They took me to the, they took me to the hotel right next to the airport. Um, and, and came and picked me up the next day, put me on a private plane, flew me from there to Tortola, walked me through customs, one stamp, walked me out to a dock, put me on a cigar boat, like Miami Vice, wow, took over. And I told him, I said, dude, punch it, you know, because we we're going really fast. I was <laughs> right, like, right. I was like, come on, man, punch it. Man. Yeah. Let's go. He goes, seriously? Yeah. And dude, he just leaped out of the water. We were already going so fast. So I'm totally drenched. I mean, soaking wet. I'm wearing shorts. Uh, I don't have any other clothes with me, nothing. We pull up. Lucy's waiting at the dock. And she said, come on, he's waiting on you right now. And I was like, what? No way. So we get in this apparently nuclear power active uh i don't know it, it must have had some kind of flux capacitor in it or something it was a it was a golf cart but it was the fastest golf cart and he took off to the top of the mountain he's got galapagos turtles all over this place he's got these lemurs all over the place lemurs are running everywhere we get up to the top i walk into this room soaking wet and there's richard Bransom. There's uh, David S. Goyer, the guy who wrote Superman and wrote all that kind of stuff, right? That's awesome. Yeah. There is yeah. a whole bunch of, of world-famous actors and actresses. Um, there is the guy who owns Google. There is all these guys, and they're all there, and they're having a meeting. They're like, oh, Troy's here, and they pass me the mic. I'm standing there. I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm soaking wet. And I'm just like, what, what am I doing here? And they're like, hey, welcome, Troy. Hey, listen, we're just to the part where we're asking. And they start firing away questions at me, man. Q&A. Dude. It it's was incredible. So awesome. And dude, the Holy Spirit just showed up. And uh, I, was only supposed to spend, I was only supposed to spend the night. I ended up spending four nights and five days there. That's amazing. I love that story. It was so cool. Yeah, that is so great. So David Escorier told me, this was before that movie came out, and he asked me if I liked the Batman movies. I said, dude, I love the Batman yeah, movies. You know? And I was like, oh my gosh, a whole new spin on it, and I loved it. He said, well, I think you're really going to like the uh, Superman movie, he said, because the whole thing is Superman as he's a representative of the savior of the world. And that's mm -hmm. what the is actually for you know originally in the savior of the world like it's for superman no he's zephaneth panea you know he's he's joseph you know he's that guy you yeah. know he's a he's a type and shadow of jesus and they were actually jewish guys that originally wrote that i don't know jerry schuster and um another guy but they were both these two jewish guys who had been traditional jewish boys and they had been taught to look for the messiah their whole life and they were the guys who came up with wow that. Wow. Yeah. Well, I did read an article about that, about um, the origin story, and I thought, man, that's fascinating. Because yeah, there's so many, so, many, so many parallels there. Well, he, he flat out told me, he said, look, we tried really, really, really hard to find out how does Jesus, how, how, how is Jesus represented as the Messiah or the Savior of the world? And do that through Superman without it being blasphemous. I'd love to. I'd love to see what you think about it. Wow! And so when I went to go see it at the movies, I was looking at it through a different eye and going, "Man, they really went out there." There's actually a scene where he he is in a church and he's contemplating, you know, and you can see Jesus praying in the background. Mm. Okay, mm. and you can see yeah. that. There's another scene where he goes busting out of the spaceship and he has his arms out like he's on a cross. Yeah, and he comes yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, he was like. 
we know that this is y'all's story. We're not trying to steal it all, so we're trying to put hints in there. That's incredible. Come on. Yeah, that's incredible. So you're the first pastor I've ever seen with Superman all over the story. I've been waiting to tell that story all my life, and I just got <laughs> that's a legit awesome. place to tell it. Well, after I put it up, people started just donating all kinds of Superman oh, paraphernalia, okay. and I I had to start taking it home because my my wife was like, "That's a little, you know, you've reached your Superman <laughs> threshold for your for your, for your office." Oh, but so uh, but it doesn't it doesn't get old. I mean, I still love walking in here and just seeing it. And just like the whole, yeah, actually, the the name of this um, is it's called Burning Man. Burning Man. Yeah, wow. what I love is just the whole idea of like it's almost like the inverted man. You know, the kingdom of yeah, God yeah, is within yeah. us. So a lot of times, as believers, we're always thinking about taking heaven in when we're really supposed to have heaven inside of us. And in, in the, it's like the whole thing of the fire in his eyes, right and on. you know, the whole picture of Jesus. Right on, and bro. Just, so I think that there's there's something really inspiring about that. Just releasing the kingdom up. You know, out of our, you know, just so. I'm in. Yeah. Come on. I'm in, man. I've been talking too much. I just want to listen to you talk for a while, man. Well, I think we're out of time. I, I think, think we got to get you. I do. We've got to get to this other church, and it's my first time to be there. It probably would be cool if I showed up late. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, but just like, hey, you know. Uh, this has been incredible. It's just such a great icebreaker conversation and such an honor to meet you. Thank you, and sir. Just, I'm just celebrating everything that Jesus is doing through you, your family, your church. Thanks, and uh, and just it's gonna be fun to see uh, what God does. Come to Texas, man. Come to Texas and uh, come to Open Door. Okay, so you okay. have an open door at Open Door, man. You I have really an open do. door do. at Open Door. See, I'm I'm like a, a lingual genius. I don't. <laughs> My superpower. That's so corny. Awesome. So corny. Awesome. I'm so sorry. Awesome. Anyway, dude, but you're welcome. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. Come, man. I'm awesome, serious, man. And you're preaching out of the church, church in Seattle, which is awesome, but you, you have two homes here in Seattle. Thank so you, sir. we'll definitely have you back and we'll, Thanks, we'll, we'll go deeper in conversation. Right on, bro. Let's right. do it. All right, much love. Podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market, and I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible, and you're so supportive, and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarrenshow.com. That's thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Thanks, guys.